0: To the Buffalo Bread Podcast, your weekly podcast of Bills news, game recaps, previews, and other NFL nonsense. I'm JJ Bryce, and we have Dan Roberts with us. Dan, how are you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing good, man. I'm doing really good. Um, It is. It was a fun game to watch against Pittsburgh. Not for some of the Steelers fans in my family, but definitely fun for me. And dude, it's Chiefs week. And Chiefs week after the past couple of years has a whole different meaning, and I cannot wait to dive into this game. I'm gonna say some dumb shit. I don't know if any of it will come true, but just looking at the stats heading into this game, I, I feel good about where our boys are at heading into this thing. And the stakes to me couldn't be higher, because to me, this is the game that could very well decide AFC home field advantage in the playoffs, and the Bills desperately need this one.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. This, this could be uh, massive in seedings and standings, and I, I can't imagine. It, it's interesting. I, I think I was listening to the Cover One podcast. They had somebody from the Chiefs, you know, Chiefs media coverage saying that this game, if the Bills lose it, it's probably not a big deal. If the Chiefs lose it and the Bills expose some of their more significant vulnerabilities, it could be an absolute, you know, it, it could be absolutely devastating for them. If the Bills show other teams who have the offensive firepower, enough of how to how to attack their weaknesses this could be bad for the chiefs throughout the season
1: the the chiefs i mean listen i have always maintained that the chiefs defense is bad this year the chiefs defense has gone from bad to slightly below average but where they are weak as opposed to previous years are where the bills are very strong this year um and with guys like willie gay being out um who is just he's wreaked havoc on the bills in the in the middle of the field from that linebacker spot um there are going to be some opportunities man and i I don't want to jump too far ahead because we got a game against pittsburgh to discuss but man it's chiefs week dude it's It's chiefs Chiefs week. week it's ready
0: let's let's jump into that game against the steelers i think that you know you and i had talked about how it's the steelers we didn't really see a path for them to really challenge the Bills, but. You know, also, Mike Tomlin doesn't lose by getting boat raced. That's the first and worst loss, 38 to 3 in his entire career. The Steelers as an organization haven't been beaten that bad since like the 80s, since like 86. Yeah. Bro, I was in diapers. (laughs)
1: Like,
0: that's a long time. And so it, you know, it was kind of a special thing. And it just started right out of the gates, third and 10 from their own two. There's, we've all seen it. Everyone in Bills Mafia has probably watched the clip from seven different angles of Josh Allen launching a 60-yard air pass that uh, gave Davis houses for 98 yards, being the longest touchdown since T.O., Terrell Owens, was on the team, oh, catching yeah. them from Ryan Fitzpatrick. Like the, It was just outstanding, and it did not slow down from there. By the end of the first half, Josh Allen had, what, 30, 380 yards passing?
1: And four TDs.
0: Yeah, four TDs. By the end of the game, Gabe Davis caught three balls for 170 yards and two touchdowns, which is just kind of asinine. But that's what we know Gabe Davis is, is he has grown into what we've always wanted, which is that perfect complement to take the top off the defense. And he's got excellent route running. He showed his hands. He wrestled a ball away from Minka Fitzpatrick, who basically had an interception as they went into the end zone together. Yeah. Um. And, it, it I mean, they soundly – destroyed the Steelers between the 20s they let Kenny Pickett have whatever he wanted and then they just locked it down in the in the red red areas um, and so you know really that's what the Bills formula for success has been in most in in all of their big blowout wins is essentially the defense steps up limits everything the offense can do gets a couple extra possessions for the offense the offense cashes in with touchdowns and then by the end of the third quarter, they're pulling starters, um, and that's something that you know is worthwhile talking about, not just in the Steelers game but in the, the Chiefs preview. Is the Buffalo Bills offense is not the top of every category when you're considering like offensive ranking and DVOA, but those category, categorical rankings are statistics only and are not based whatsoever on the fact that the Buffalo Bills have played less football on offense because they've been blowing people out so badly that they're sitting starters in the fourth quarter. Um, And so (laughs) it's just, I don't know how to be in this world because for the longest time, as Bills fans, what we experienced was the Buffalo Bills have a solid, dangerous, angry defense, absolutely garbage on offense, and we just hope we get lucky with the ball bouncing our way a few times, maybe a blocked punt. Those were the hopes for scoring, and it's flipped so far on its head that it is kind of uncomfortable i'm still i'll probably do this on our on our podcast the rest of my life as long as we're doing this if this game if this team is as well coached and as well constructed as it is now because i just don't know how to handle it
1: jj i also don't know how to live in this world but i am becoming comfortable with it uh to your (laughs) point Taking a shot on my statistical on my statistical analysis, which is my home base, um, the Buffalo Bills' offense, two reasons they don't show up at the top of a lot of these metrics. One, you're right, the offense primarily is not playing complete games. But secondly, also, that running game that we've talked about for the Bills, still non-existent. But thanks to the work of one James Cook, um, there might be some hope on the horizon for this. Uh, and we'll talk about that as we talk about how the rookies really stood out in this game but dude that that gabe davis before we get into like all the technicalities and all the stats that gabe davis catch like i'm out of hard space on my computer right now and the choice was mp4 of my wedding or the gabe davis td and i i I removed the wedding video and put the gabe davis tv on my on my computer so i could just watch it so
0: that's an unwise
1: choice, my friend. <laughs> um, well, my wife doesn't listen to the podcast, so I don't okay. think she's gonna find out. No, she right she supports this little habit by allowing me to do it. The listenership, though, yes. not there. So yeah, but I do I do love yeah. her. In case one of her friends listens to this, but yeah, <laughs> in case anyone hears this, in case anyone who knows my <laughs> wife hears this, <laughs> yeah,
0: you're just all right now. Just like you're digging a hole and it's accumulating dirt that people can use in a later blackmailing session. So it let's is just. Uh, Let's just continue talking about the good game, okay. and, and I'm uh, about to
1: post it to the internet. So yeah,
0: yeah, just put it out there publicly. It's fine. Please like and subscribe if you find yeah, it. Yeah, but uh, quickly and quietly uh blackmail dan There you anyway, go. But
1: okay. yeah, back back to our back to our football takes. Um, so the Gabe Davis thing, with him being one of those outside deep threat burners, uh, we saw what it did for Diggs, and it's been interesting to look at the NFL Next Gen route charts route charts for Diggs all throughout the course of the season. Because we all thought Isaiah McKenzie was going to be the yak guy for the Bills this season. Um, you know, that was a big, huge piece that was missing from Diggs' game in the 21 season that was present in 20. But what has emerged is Gabe Davis has gotten healthier and has been that, that solid, take the top off the defense deep threat is it has allowed Diggs a ton of operating room in the intermediate pieces of the field. Diggs had a very quiet 102 yard game. Um, he was, again, the highest-targeted Bills receiver in the group. But out of that 102 yards, 68 were after the catch. So the Bills have made it uh, a priority this this offseason and now into the early parts of the season to improve their yak, to get the ball in the hands of their playmakers. Gabe Davis was not in a place last season where he could be that credible number two outside threat. You saw the development happen later on in the season. Now that he is healthy and his game is developed in this way, the answer to the Buffalo Bills yak is, you know, Gabe Davis wrestling balls away from Minka Fitzpatrick in the end zone after a 65-yard dime from Josh Allen. But it's also allowing Diggs to work out of multiple, multiple pre-snap motion sets, multiple positions on the field as a wideout, and allowing him to use every level of the field as well. So you've got to worry about... Davis taking the top off the defense. And then you got to worry about guys like Diggs, McKenzie, when he comes back healthy. And now as we'll talk about these rookies, Khalil Shakir operating in all of this open space that having a guy like Davis healthy allows them to operate in. It's really staggering. And it makes you wonder if if a defense can figure out how to minimize the Buffalo Bills offensive prowess what that's going to look like. Because right now they got multiple guys that can operate at multiple levels of the field, and they've got a lot of threats with Josh Allen delivering the dimes that he is.
0: Well, and I agree. I think that one of the biggest wrinkles that uh, Ken Dorsey taking over the reins from Brian Dable has brought to the offense is the variability of where he lines up Stephon Diggs. Um, the, some of the times that we saw the Bills stagger in previous, in the past two seasons, have been when a team just basically brackets Diggs because he's always lining up in that left, you know, left wide spot, um, and you know the, the first position, and then just dares the Bills to beat them with anyone else, and they've struggled. They've struggled at times, you know. And we talked about it before. There'd be a big, you know, Cole Beasley game, or there'd be a big, you know, John Brown game early in in uh, Allen's career, or a, a big Emmanuel Sanders game with a couple of TDs. That was always the you know that was the recipe. It was essentially okay. They they took away stuff on digs. We need to go somewhere else. It's gotten to a point with Gabe Davis where he offers more than any number two they've had since Josh Allen became a passing quarterback in this league. He he is a more complete receiver than anyone they've had, and he's opened up the availability of um, Stephon Diggs to work out of the slot, which he's done a lot more the, the these first you know five games six games than he has uh, five games um, than he has in any time we've seen him in Buffalo, and I think that's a lot of Dorsey's influence he has done a lot of those short shallow crossers um tony romo broke it down in the in the steelers game perfectly when he you know broke down the the play that uh allen hit diggs crossing from the offensive left to the right and then diggs ran down the sideline and was like kind of you know doing his like stutter step thing that he does every time he gets the ball which i'm always like is that does that work it's a thing i know it's a thing he does but does it work um and you know jury's out but uh <laughs> But what he, he was working the shallowest route of all the receivers, yep. and Romo pointed out that Josh Allen, in previous years, might have tried to force the ball to the intermediate route, which was pretty well covered, and it would have been a dangerous inception, you know, interception-worthy play, but instead he took what the defense was giving him straight underneath. He did that to Quentin Morris later in the game as well. Like. Yep that's the parts of the offense that we're seeing click now that haven't been there even last year when they had an excellent run or the 2020 season when Josh Allen kind of blew up onto the scene. um, They're really kind of coming into this complementary area and it has everything to do with Stefan Diggs still being elite, still working at it every day harder than most of the wide receivers in the league and Gabe Davis finally being fully healthy and showing that sparkle that he had in the Kansas city game. When you try to, Double or take away digs or try to cover everything deep. you know Davis is going to find some room,
1: yeah, it's been it's we were so frustrated. I remember a points last season. and I think all of Bill's mafia points, especially as the bills struggle to get the offense going, were wondering like where where is Stefan Diggs? Have we forgotten that Diggs is in the offense? And consistently each game this season, he's been the number one targeted wideout, even if he has hasn't led the team in receptions that game or yards that game. Dorsey is consistently finding ways for Allen to get Diggs the ball based on the scheming that he's doing. And with Diggs always being ever-present and not a distraction on the field that you can shut down like he was last year, it it just opens it up, man. Just having Diggs with his skill set, Davis with his very specific, very strong role on this team as well, it just opens it up for all these other guys. It's—and I mean, listen— you and I have lamented the lack of a run game, but in reality, like, with weapons like these and scheming like this, it I mean, throw it till someone stops you, right? I mean, I think that's just where the Buffalo Bills are at. I don't think they, they don't seem too overly concerned right now about developing the run game. They just want to let Josh sling the hell out of the ball. And, and who can blame them with all these weapons and the way they're maximizing it at this point?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, you know, it, there's a lot to be said, too, about... Josh Allen has developed so many more skills. The offensive weapons have developed so many more. I'm I'm so excited about Khalil Shakir. I've been talking about him since they drafted him and fifth I think a lot round. of people yeah, were round. so high on him expecting him to go in the top, you know, at least round 3 or 4. I think that was reasonable. Yeah. He he was some,
1: some, he was mocked as an yeah. early 3rd round pick in a lot of mocks. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. yeah, I saw him high as the late 2nd round in in some people's estimation and then he drops to the 5th. And from the moment he came in, here's here's a comment on Brandon Bean and the great work he's done in the draft. There's common themes in some of the wide receivers that he's brought on board. And that is Gabe Davis comes in in the COVID year. And even with the COVID year and remote instruction and all this stuff, the vets are talking about how Gabe Davis is teaching them the root tree for different oh, right. offensive packages as a rook, right? And so that, you know, I remember that soundbite. And then, you know, Khalil Shakur, I mean, even Sean McDermott has talked about how how mature he is, how yeah. much of a professional. He walked in the door almost like a seasoned vet in the way he carries himself and the way he does his work and puts his work in. And he's so consistent. He works so hard at it. You know, I mean, he even said in the post game he dropped a ball. He was beating himself up about dropping the ball when the question was, tell us about your first NFL touchdown. And he's like, well, I dropped that one, and it was just terrible. He mm-hmm. called it, like, abysmal or horrific or something. And they're like, okay, yeah, but what about then two plays later you had a touchdown? (laughs) Yeah, and that's the kind of work ethic that I think makes so many of the Bills players different. You know, I think that there's a lot of times a team will take somebody and it's not like every single, you know, uh, draft pick has been a home run, but there's a lot of times teams will sacrifice character for talent Mm -hmm. and the Bills regularly are not going to do that. And, you know, I think that that's a wonderful thing. In terms of work ethic, the – the punter aside like that was a miss but Mm -hmm. um we we hashed that out pretty thoroughly but for the most part and especially with their skill positions they've done a good job of bringing in people who are willing to put the work in and treat treat the work and their job seriously
1: yep for sure and i think this is a great transition to the rookies so you and i talked at length in our preview pod for this game about the difference we had seen in the way McDermott and this coaching staff were choosing to bring along their rookies. They were, I mean, and and some of this is injury motivated, right? But I've also seen more of a willingness and openness from McDermott to let guys learn from their mistakes. Even some of the, even some of the veterans, um, Allen's one pick was in the back of the end zone, um, in the red zone on a back shoulder toss to Gabe Davis. Very, very next series goes right back to Gabe Davis. Khalil Shakir, who has uh, had three receptions on five targets. You mentioned that drop that he was lamenting in the post-game press conference. Very first series, right back to Shakir. And that's his first NFL touchdown. Um, this is important for the Bills, not just from a depth standpoint, but as you talk long-term for future, like, future salary cap hits with some of the veterans they have brought in. Developing these rookies at this pace has the short-term benefit of allowing them to be contributors in a season where based on injury they might need to be, but in the long term, make some of these salary cap decisions they've got to make a lot easier, especially around the, the um, cornerback side of the ball, the defensive side of the ball. But Shakir, dude, there was a moment, and he had 75 to- total yards in reception, 25 after the catch, and most of that came on on his first reception of the game. There was a moment where it wasn't quite like Tyree Hill, like because he'll just he just moves like a like a you know Speedy Gonzalez, right? Like those like old cheetah. like those old cartoons, right? His yeah. legs are just pumping so quickly, and he just looks like like Super Mario just ate one of those stars, right? And he just moves. Yeah. But there was a point where Shakir had made made a catch, planted quick as we talk. Well, talk about he does. He is decisive after the catch. He plants and he yeah. goes, right. And he planted. He went. And granted, the Pittsburgh Steelers are they're down personnel just like we are. They were overmatched, but these are still pro players. And Shakir looked it like made it look like some of those Steelers players in the secondary were standing still. Like he just moved yeah. at a, at a speed and an athleticism that I haven't seen a Buffalo Bills wideout other than Diggs move at. Um, like Davis is, is fast, but he's strong and he's a strider. He has a long stride. No one would say Gabe Davis is a is a burner, but he's such a long strider and such a now a, a really polished route runner that that he's made himself a threat in that way. Shakir feels athletic and Shakir feels fast, and we haven't yeah. seen that kind of yak speed on the Bills in a very long time. Um, I felt that the same way on James Cook and and his fir- his first TD like he just exploded through the hole and was in the end zone 24 yards later and left four or five guys just in his dust. I I we have talked about the lack of elite athleticism and elite speed on both sides of the ball for the for the Bills especially when it comes to comparing them to the Chiefs. And this is the first time granted again it was against the Steelers team that lacks a lot of key personnel and, and is depleted on both sides of the ball. But this was the first time where I and I think I texted you this. I just looked at a lot of these Bills players. I'm like, we have the fastest, most most athletic guys on the field, and I can't remember the last time I could say that.
0: Yeah, that's and and that's something we've we've talked about for so I mean for years now, literally years on the podcast about how the Bills, they're what they do is they're always scraping the bottom of the barrel for guys who are good football players. That they'd say that over and over, and not. And it was at at the sacrifice of getting people who are absolutely athletic freaks. And I think they they're starting to blend that a little bit in that they've got a good base of you know good football players and you know um, technique sound good tacklers, people who understand their assignment, people who do their one eleventh. That's how they've built their defense, especially their offense. In a lot of ways, is all about being complementary. But on offense, more than defense especially with Frazier and McDermott and the defensive helm. And we'll talk about a couple of defensive contributors who are younger players as well. But um, on offense, you need elite athleticism. You need to beat people with your athleticism in order to take that next step as an offense. And that's something they were lacking. I think that's something that's the the reason they were trying so hard to get um, JD McKissick Uh,
1: out of the commanders. Yeah.
0: Yep. They were trying to get JD McKissick they couldn't they got James Cook in the draft they drafted Khalil Shakur they' you know Kyir Elam is, a, is quite quite fast for a, yeah. for a corner probably their fastest corner at this point he's got long so, speed is
1: that what they yeah. say yeah
0: yes well that's exactly what Gabe Davis has I mean of course nobody would call him like a quick explosive athlete but what he does is he's so technically sound that he he gets he st- stacks the CB who's covering him. And gets them in a trail position where he's in front, and then he decides where the route's going. At that point, they're toast because he's fast enough that it's only the top end of the top end CBs in the league are going to be able to catch up to him and be in good position to defend a pass. Gabe Davis is like basically bare minimum athletic enough to match his talent as a route runner, and if he beats you with his route, you'll never catch him with his with your feet
1: his his stride is i can't get over how long his stride is yeah there's all these like funny meme videos of michael jordan's stride when he was a player like he's gabe davis has a michael jordan esque stride he he right. gallops like a gazelle he's incredible to watch run
0: um two steps from the three-point line to the dunk like...
1: exactly it's just, it's just nuts right it's like he could be like for me to stride like that i'd have to jump i'd have to physically jump from step to step to match Gabe Davis' stride. It's incredible. The, du- the dude is absolutely out of this world.
0: Do you want to talk a little bit about the defensive effort? Um, I'd, I'd like to – defense for the Bills is also, of course, you know, we have to talk about it in the same avenue and arena as the offense for the Steelers. The Steelers did weren't able to get much of anything going. Um, they were, however, starting a rookie quarterback, Kenny Pickett, for the first time ever um, against the the number one passing defense in the league. They could not get a single thing going with their running game, which is surprising for Steelers football that's never been their deal. Their offensive line is kind of a mess. Um, and so it was a tough day for them. Two, two observations about the Steelers, though, I think this you know, that are worthwhile. One, Kenny Pickett is pretty legit. I gave him a lot of props before in the pregame, and I, I stand by them. He has some he has some sauce. He made some poor choices, sure, but he also really picked on Kaiger Elam quite a lot. In that game, and oh, I they were going
1: the, after him. Yeah,
0: the Pickett to Pickens, George Pickens, still one of my favorite new you know offensive weapons in the league. Um, George Pickens is kind of amazing. Kenny Pickett is solid at distributing the football for being so young in his career. So I'm excited for Steelers fans. You have a, you have a, at least a couple of really solid offensive weapons. I think you still have the good coach that you need. You just need to build out a lot more of that roster because for the longest time in recent seasons. The Steelers have been one of the older teams in the league, and that just that's going to catch up with you eventually. You got you got to refresh at some point.
1: I agree. I and you know the the emergence of Pickens um, and Deontay Johnson, who is a he's a straight he's a straight burner. Um, He actually led that team in targets. He had like thirteen targets that game. I thought it was going to be Pickens. Pickens had eight, which is great. It makes for a team that has a lot of holes it makes a guy like Chase Claypool, who's got a, based on raw talent, has a high ceiling, but just doesn't, doesn't seem to have like the, the discipline, right? Like he, Romo pointed this out on the broad broadcast. His routes are not, well, of course, Romo would say this, but his routes are not, you know, QB friendly. He'll an option routes. He always takes the most difficult read He'll, for, a, for a QB. Yeah. Right. Um, and, and, you know, he had that thing last year with the, uh, where he didn't hand the ball to the ref, right? He was, like, celebrating yeah. some first down at the yeah. end of the game and ended up costing him the... Like, he he just doesn't seem locked in. With the emergence of Pickens, which was clear from that game, and Deontay Johnson, who was going to be freakish, freakishly good, I think, um, yeah. if I'm the Steelers, it, I'm, I'm trading Claypool. That I left that game yeah. feeling like I don't need Chase Claypool. And if I'm a team like Green Bay, who is desperate for some receiving talent... I might part with a second round pick as high as a second yeah. round pick for him um and hope that we can develop him in our culture and our system uh, we know tomlin has no problem getting rid of uh oh, yeah. diva pro- problematic wideouts um and i'm not yeah. saying that, that claypool is that but he just seems to be like the odd man out like pickens preferred to go to picket he obviously wanted to target target johnson it the chemistry with claypool isn't there i mean move on you've got a lot of holes yep. right so I, I left feeling good about that nucleus and also that yeah. they've got an asset to trade in Claypool that could help them down the line.
0: Yeah. And, and I think that from the from the Bills' perspective, I already mentioned that the Steelers weren't able to get anything done. I mean, they only had three points even if they had, you know, um, even if their offense was able to hold on to the ball. Let's see. They had uh, time of possession 36 minutes to the Bills' 23 because the Bills were scoring in, like, 30 seconds every time they touched yeah. it. Yeah. Um, but they ended up, you know, getting twenty-three first downs, and they were, you know, five for fifteen, pretty poor on third down. But three hundred and sixty-four total yards, three hundred ten passing yards. Like, those are all statistics you can build on with a young quarterback and a couple of really nice young pass yeah. catchers. So, yeah. I I wonder where they're going to go this season. I think it's probably going to be a a down year. It might be the first Tomlin season with a losing record.
1: Yeah, um, I like Tomlin. That, I I would hate to see yeah. that, but yeah,
0: yeah. But I think it might be, and, and it, it all depends on how kind of the AFC North shakes out with the rest of their matchups there, but um, we'll see. I think that it's, you know, it, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility for Pickett to really carry the Steelers to that second-place finish, maybe in their in their division, um, because the Bengals, for some reason, just are still a mess right now. But The offensive line is still terrible. Yeah. We're all over the place with this one, but yeah, like doing more time on the Steelers than I wanted, but
1: yeah, you know we are, we are, and 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 I definitely want to move on to the Chiefs. Um, but yeah. you know, this is how this works. We just love talking Bills shop. We love talking football. Um, I will say they did a really good job moving Pickett, um, it, moving the pocket for Pickett because yes. I, they just knew they couldn't protect him. I said it was going to be a five sack game. You said three. You were right. Because I did not anticipate the Steelers were going to do such a good job moving the pocket for him. Um, they and had they some, just
0: basically recreated it right outside of the rush lanes. Some scripted
1: rollouts used some of that athleticism, right? right? And, and, and it was smart. And I think they're going to have to do that more this season if they want to remain competitive and, and keep Pickett from getting hurt. But yeah, I mean, it's that they're in a. I, I don't think they're in a great division. Like they got the Browns. They the the Ravens are are going to be number one there for sure. Um, you know, the Browns defense for all that athleticism, Miles Garrett, JOK, Denzel Ward, that they seem to not be able to stop anybody. Um, if the Ravens are healthy, they're the clear class of that division. And then they got, uh, who else is in there? It's the Steelers, the Browns, the Bang oh, and the Bengals, Bengals who, and the Ravens, yeah, who who look committed to letting Joe Burrow get killed live in a I'm game. I'm so sad he, for he's, Joe Burrow. He's been oh sacked 18 times. Like Matt yeah. Stafford, it, only Matt Stafford has been sacked more at 21 times. Like, like what are they? What are they doing? Like uh, uh, that that could be a pot. Like what the what are the Bengals doing? Should yeah. <laughs> be the name of another pod for some Bengals. We could fans. do
0: a whole show on it
1: seriously we really could but um no man i left that game feeling really good about where the bills are at it's hard not to after a 38-3 blowout and it i don't know man it gave me i I want to transition to the chiefs now if you're good with it because it gave me a lot of things to think about for the chiefs game
0: i'm i'm not good with it just yet because we have to review for the podcast listeners our predictions oh yeah that's right prediction sure to go wrong yeah Yeah, exactly (laughs) going into the Bills Steelers game I had I nailed the Bills' offensive production with 38 points, uh, but I gave the Steelers more credit than they than you know than, than they, they clearly were. deserved. They, than they could deliver. They I had 38 13. The Bills won 38 to three, so they, they missed Not 10 that. points for me. That would have hit the over, but because the Bills' defense is so stifling, the under wins again. For the fifth straight the fifth Bills
1: straight game. game, and I'm I'm yeah. telling you, based on some of the shit I'm going to talk about, the Chiefs game, the over under there is 54 and a half. I think it's going to be under yeah. again. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think the under might win again. Um, and then you had you had anticipated the Bills again topping 30 points, but 31 Steelers, 17. You gave them even more credit than I did. So um, they weren't going to cover. I'm a freaking idiot. But you yeah. did. See, yeah. <laughs> you they weren't going to cover, and then they beat. <laughs> The Steelers by thirty. They covered twice. The, <laughs> yeah, the spread was only fourteen and a half. So, um, you did correctly predict that Kyrie Elam got his first career interception. So Hell yeah! I actually tweet I tweeted that out on our Buffalo Bread account um, in game. I was like, Oh Dan. That's right. Um, I I had uh, I had claimed that Ed Oliver would get a sack in the game. He did not. Von Miller, Greg Rousseau, and AJ Epineza, or no, Tyrell Dodson who got sacks uh tyrell dodson got one yep epinezza yep that's it those are the three um and so yeah i mean we were we did okay we did better i think in our predictions for this game than we have in any other game that we've done this was easily our best prediction game by a lot
1: yeah and our our success rate was like 40 percent. so i'm gonna take it
0: Yeah. yeah absolutely all right, All right. We ready to jump into Chiefs?
1: I'm. I, dude. I was ready since before we got on. I'm so ready I to talk about this game. Kick <laughs> us off. We're, we're, <clears throat> we need to start by addressing you know something, and that's the that's the 13 seconds from last season. It, JJ, I'm just gonna because I want to talk stats. I want to talk breakdowns I feel good about the Bills' chances in this game, but I, I do want to put something out there in that. Even if the Bills win this game, if the Bills win this game 40, 48 to nothing, it doesn't. It'll feel better for me, but it won't erase the pain of of thirteen seconds for me necessarily. If that's going to happen, it's got to happen in the postseason for sure. But if the Bills win this game, to me, that the higher order of priority is not erasing the memory thirteen seconds because I don't I don't know that's going to happen in a, a regular season game in in week six, but. I am really sick of losing in Arrowhead Stadium in the postseason to the Kansas City Chiefs. So if the Bills win this game, to me, the higher order of priority, the thing I want more, is for this to to go a long way in helping the Bills secure that number one seed in the AFC, not just get the bye, but secure home field advantage throughout. And it seems like this is a game that even this early in the season, that's really going to weigh heavily on the Bills' chances to do that. So for me... 13 seconds, not on the table for erasure. That's got to happen with different stakes in a different context. But I would love to see the Bills win this game because I think it, it it's too early to say it'll cement them. But it really does help their chances in a meteoric way of them becoming the number one seed and us finally being able to get out of Arrowhead in the postseason.
0: Um, yeah, absolutely. So the uh, I saw a statistic, I think it was Football Outsiders, Aaron Schatz, um, had posted that the Bills' likelihood of getting home field ex- advantage and being the AFC one seed, if they win, based on their simulations, is 40% higher. It's like a 70% yeah. likelihood that the Bills secure the first um, overall seed in the AFC if they beat the Chiefs tomorrow when you simulate the rest of the season running out. Makes um, total sense if they, to me. if they do not defeat the Chiefs tomorrow, they still are have a better odds of being the number one seed at 31%, but the Chiefs are 27% likely Mm -hmm. to get that number one seed. And so based on all of the kind of analytics and and rankings of the offensive, defensive strengths of all the opponents and all the schedules, if the Bills win tomorrow, it's not like they're locking it in, but their, their presumed chances of being that one seed are so much higher because they don't have to worry about tiebreakers if they finish with the same exact um, you know, overall record as the Chiefs. They win that tiebreaker straight out and they are the number one seed. So that I mean oh God, it's there's a lot hanging on it, but it's not it's not as if you get to go to the Super Bowl by beating the Chiefs in the regular season, but you sure as heck give yourself better chances of getting there if all of the AFC games have to go through Orchard Park. Yeah. We saw what they did in person against the Patriots in a home playoff game.
1: That's right through frozen tears of joy we saw what it's like to get a get a home home playoff game at highmark Stadium. that place was rocking man that game was crazy um and 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 that home field advantage is really unique to the bills and not just because of the elements but because of the atmosphere you hear about it all the time um and you know arrowhead in and of itself has a unique atmosphere as well i mean it you know, they're they're comparable in that they both feel like college environments is what a lot of opposing players will say about HighMark and about about Arrowhead. Um and teams just don't like going to Buffalo because of the weather and how cold it is, right? So it, it's a it's an advantage in a in an era where home field advantage is depreciating. When you look at the teams that can maximize what is left of home field advantage, it's the Chiefs and it's the Bills. And and you could argue the Packers to some extent though. The lambo has lost some of its sheen with some of the the recent green bay letdowns in the postseason. so yeah you don't want to go to the other place if you're the buffalo bills that has this great home field advantage you want to maximize yours in the postseason and to, and this game as you have properly stated is going to go a long way to making that happen so jj let's talk about how the bills are going to make that happen you want to start on the offensive side of the ball or the defensive side of the ball
0: so let's start with the offense. Um, the Bills kind of, in terms of DVOA on offense and production, um, expected points added, a lot of the metrics. If the Bills had played starters in all of their games, they would probably be ranked first in everything except for the rushing you know, metrics because they just are the most productive offense and they have one of the best third down conversion rates. They are excellent in kind of across the board in converting and and, and propagating the ball down the field but they sit starters in the fourth quarters because they're up 20 plus points um and that is going to hamper things while other teams are playing the full game and nail biters so um I, i see that the bills offense we've talked so much about you know what a massive difference gabriel davis a healthy gabriel davis makes on the outside we've talked so much about it looks like Isaiah McKenzie was out practicing today in in a in full regular attire, no non-contact jersey. So it looks like he's cleared the concussion protocol. Um, Khalil Shakur will be there for that game. Nothing, you know, nothing happened in there from an injury standpoint. So really, the Bills should have all of their passing weapons available to them. Dawson Knox will be coming back for this game most likely, um, and so there's no reason that they shouldn't be able to beat the Kansas City Chiefs on defense. Especially considering that the Chiefs' secondary is banged up a little bit, they're missing. Uh, was it Roger McCreary? Yep. Uh, on injury. Uh, uh Trent, Trent uh, McDuffie. McDuffie. Yeah, those yeah. 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 So they're missing Trent McDuffie, who's on injury, who's who's injured right now. Um. So they're playing Rashad Fenton, Jarius Sneed, who the Bills have seen before. He's okay, and then they're playing a. Um, I mean, he's a good slot corner, but he's bad when they ask him to play only on the boundary, and then they have. Um, Watson, who's a, what, sixth or seventh round Jalen Watson mm-hmm, yeah. uh, rookie, who's held up for his draft status kind of in the same way that Benford has, but Watson's been burned quite a bit. And uh, over the top, I'm sad to see Daniel Sorensen go because he was somebody that Josh Allen picked on almost constantly. <laughs> we all are. Um, <laughs> I know. And so, in the back end, they also, but they no longer have um, Honey Badger. They no longer Tyron have
1: Matthew. Yeah.
0: Tyron Matthew. Yeah. So, Without Tyron Matthew roaming, you know, Tyron Matthew's the kind of player who just, like, a whole section of the field is off limits because he will roam and get that interception.
1: Yes. and
0: Or deliver a hit and, and kind of cause an incompletion. And so without Tyron Matthew back there, neither of their safeties in Justin Reed, who's, who's solid. Um, Super solid. Over, great athlete. Yeah, yeah. Came over from the Texans. Very, very good safety. You know, I, I'd put him in the... Kind of in the tier with kind of a Micah Hyde, maybe a rank below, um, and and Juan Thornhill, who's kind of below that. Those two are solid, but they do not have any elite corners. They don't have any super elite safety play, and they've it's shown in their defensive rankings. They're getting pass all over. Like their their pass defense is very bad. Yeah. Um, Chris Jones. Is the number one defensive interior player in the NFL right now? He yep. is having a better season than Aaron Donald, and his pass rush grade is his greatest skill. He's got a ninety point six according to PFF. Yeah, that dude's scary. Yeah, he he is absolutely destroying teams with middle of the field pressure or middle of the line pressure, and so that's going to be the biggest challenge for more Saffold than Bates to slow him down, to stunt him, to try to stop him from eating Josh Allen's lunch because he can ruin an offensive game plan alone as a single person
1: yeah absolutely
0: um, out, outside of him they they have you know george carloftis is a rookie defensive end who's who's reminds me a lot of greg rousseau in his rookie season just like endless motor tends to be in the right place but is not making massive splash plays very often um derrick naughty is is taking a massive step back he looks like maybe the years are wearing on him a little bit um, because he's been you know he's been around for a little bit uh he's having a bad season frank clark even you know even older than than naughty has not been looking explosive off the edge uh, which was always his hallmark and it may be because he came off a really you know brutal injury uh not too long ago so i don't know man do you want to talk a little bit about the uh the two linebackers and kind of how what they present? <laughs>
1: Um, I do, but I want to talk a little bit about the secondary again yeah, first go ahead, go for on. the for the Bills, right? So, scoring points on the Kansas City Chiefs has not been a problem for Josh Allen and the Bills. We saw it in the postseason last year. We saw it in the regular season as well. Um, it, there is not a DB here for the Chiefs that has the ability to to play lockdown man coverage. Um, Diggs is going to be a a really problematic matchup for them he by and large disappeared last year in that postseason game for for reasons still unknown um so much about that game last year still reasons unknown uh you feel like he wants this to be a revenge game and when you look at some of the statistics the chiefs are bringing to bear with their defense this is as we talk about all these holes ironically one of the better defenses they've been able to put out on the field this year Um, by a lot of different metrics. So the team right now is 15th, right in the middle of the pack, in defensive DVOA. A lot of that has to do with the guy you mentioned, Chris Jones, being there. In EPA and efficiency, they're 17th. This is a completely average to somewhat below average Kansas City Chiefs defense, but it's the best that that they've been able to bring to bear from a personnel standpoint in a very long time. Reason being is because a lot of the athleticism that they bring in the middle of that field, and we talked about <clears throat> you want to talk about their the, their linebackers. Um, uh, Willie Gay is going to be out for this game, which I think is important from a yes. from a exposure of the middle standpoint. So it doesn't look like Gay is going to play this game. In the past, the role Gay has played has been kind of like the Trey Edmonds role that that the bills ask him to play run downhill, disrupt things behind the line of the scrimmage when necessary, be a pterodactyl in the middle of the field, play that hook and curl stuff, and just soak up any routes, bump guys off routes that might cross you in the middle of the field. Without Gay there to do that, and most importantly, without that raw athleticism in the middle of the field that has helped the Chiefs uh, raise and elevate their game, I think the Buffalo Bills are going to be able to make a lot of hay in the middle of the field and intermediate parts of the field. Um, which is going to force a lot their, their safeties, Thornhill, who's okay. Right. And read to do a lot more bracketing and a lot more things that is not within their game to do. Um, I mean, you can bracket and you can double Stefan Diggs all day, but without gay protecting the middle of the field, it's going to open up a wide realm of hurt for the Kansas city chiefs in terms of Khalil Shakir Isaiah McKenzie exposing the middle of the field. Um, Frank Clark is their other linebacker, right? Dude,
0: uh, uh, yeah, he's a defensive. He plays defensive
1: end. uh, I'm not thinking about Clark. Uh, Nick Bolton is the kid I'm thinking about. The other linebacker. Yeah, that dude. Now that dude's a beast, right? But he doesn't.
0: Yeah, the thing with Nick Bolton is he is he's the same reason that the Kansas City Chiefs traded for the Bills linebacker. What the heck was his name? Uh, He was a first round or second round pick from the. Bills ah, years ago. Um, he was a thumper in the middle, not super athletic, tackle a machine. Yeah. Ah, I can't think of it. Anyway, yeah. that's that's Nick Bolton is like for for a team that literally their whole offensive ideal is to put other teams in conflict by making, you know, athletic players stretch right. people in different directions and taking advantage of oversized under-athletic linebackers, they have some uh, like obsession with keeping at least one of their linebackers being sort of slow of foot and not great in, in coverage, and that's great for the Bills.
1: It, it is great for the Bills because you remember the game, you remember the postseason game last year, Bolton was behind. Because of what Gay brings in the area of coverage, Bolton becomes this really fun piece to move around the line of scrimmage uh, and, and play downhill for Spagnola in his defense, they're not going to have the luxury of doing that this game because it's going to expose way too much across the middle of the field for them i mean the chiefs are at a real personnel deficit here um and again they're rolling out a slightly below average defense which for them is good and has kept them in yeah. games but let's be real they didn't lose that they didn't win that uh, that las vegas raiders game on monday night because of amazing coverage across the middle of the field yeah. on Hunter Renfro, or amazing safety and DB bracketing on on um, Devont, uh, what's his name, Devonte Park. Why am I Devontae blanking Adams. on this? Devontae Adams, yeah, right? Devontae Adams. It they lost that game because Renfro and Adams were both running so freaking free on the last play of that game that they ran into each other, right? So
0: <laughs> they lost that game because of the old adage. Good teams find a way to win. Bad teams find a way to lose. The Raiders found a way to lose.
1: Exactly. So here is the good news for the Chiefs. You have played... You haven't played a really tough schedule yet. But what your defense has shown is that they're not going to cost you points. And EPA... the Chiefs' defense is exactly zero. It's exactly zero, which means they are playing to the league expected average that an NFL defense should in certain situational football. It they haven't played an offense like the Bills yet, and granted, there are very few offenses that like the Bills can roll yeah. out there. But I, th- I'm going to say some stuff, and I'm hoping our Lord <laughs> and Savior Josh Allen can can really can really can cash this check it. I'm about to write, right? All right, but um. Go for it based on our history and our knowledge of this team, <clears throat> based on what we're seeing from a personnel standpoint, what we're seeing, seeing to statistically right now, I could see a world where the Buffalo Bills put up a 40-burger in this game. I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to put it out there. That's hot. Oh, my God. Uh, I, 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 could see, I could see that world. I could live in that world. I would like to be yeah, president I, of I, I that, world. that world. <laughs> yeah. Right? but. I mean, on on paper anyway, there is okay. no—unless un, Chris Jones goes absolutely nuts yeah. and sacks Josh Allen like four or five times, um, or, or unless the Bills can't fix their turnover issues, which we didn't talk about in the Steelers game, they still turn the ball over twice in that game. And you right. can't do that against good teams that have Patrick no. Mahomes at QB. You can't give Mahomes extra chances. So if the Bills can secure the ball and they can manage Chris Jones— who's 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 stopping this offense on kansas city who
0: yeah who out who out there can can make anything happen yeah.
1: against they're this they're offense. not going to be able yeah. to play that stupid sticky coverage that they played back in 2020 where they were <laughs> suplexing <laughs> Stephon Diggs because everybody's yeah. on to that now everybody knows that that all of these dbs for kansas city play handsy and the refs are looking for it so oh absolutely so who's gonna like what what's gonna stop them right i mean the Bills shooting themselves in the foot is number one and chris jones is number two so I, I look at my spreadsheets, dude, and I'm like, if, if I ran a simulation on this game, I could see the Bills putting up 40 in a majority of these situations.
0: I like it. I really very much love that. Um, I, I can see it too. And I, it's weird because it's like, that's the deciding factor of whether or not the Bills have met the moment and matched with the Chiefs and succeeded to build a better team than the Chiefs. Um, I think we can all agree they were the worst team in 2020, the COVID year, in the AFC Championship game. For sure. They were on par with them last year with 13 seconds. They had the talent to beat them, and they showed that they could if things bounced their way in the regular season game, and then they just bounced the wrong way and, they, and with some very poor coaching decisions in the, in the uh, postseason game. But the thing with the Bills is I think they're at the point, and the statistics and analytics bear, bear this out, they're at the point where they have a better team. They have a better offense, more explosive offense. They have a worse offensive line, but they don't really need the run, and they have actually one of the best lines in the entire league in terms of um, their pass-blocking win rate, mostly because Josh Allen's back there never getting sacked because he won't allow it. Um, but really, like their, their offensive protection in the past has been solid. I, I can say that too. We beat up the, the guards and you know everybody all the time, but other than that Miami game, they actually didn't give up a whole lot of pressure on Josh Allen. And in the Miami game is because they literally were just a bunch of walking corpses out there. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it's it's the kind of thing where the this is the game where the Bills have to prove out that they've built a better team that can execute and go into a hostile environment and execute, because that's championship football. If they really want to be Super Bowl caliber, they need to prove that on the road they can lay an ass whooping against a team that's very good, and. You know, I think that's what we're going to have to see. And I think that the defense is up to the task. I really hope the offense comes in. And because we've seen it, right? Like there were moments in the Miami game, like injuries aside, where they just were not executing in the way that they should be executing because right. they have a talent mismatch.
1: Right. I, I totally agree. I, and, and, you know, it's it, as we have said in our past couple of matchups with the Chiefs, the offense has, has not been the issue, it's been the defense and. I don't know if stopping Patrick Mahomes is a thing that you can do. <clears throat> Excuse me, but um, but the defense hasn't been able to to level the field. They played great in that regular season game, uh, and then in last year's postseason game, it, 13 seconds and that soft coverage on Tyree Kill side. it Mahomes didn't fear a lot of what the Bills were bringing to bear. Um, and we talked a lot about their their lacking elite speed, elite athleticism. They've addressed a lot of that this year Um, I want to talk about the defensive side of the ball if you're good because I think that's really really where the like I think the bills are going to hang a 40 burger but if the chiefs are not going to counter with a 42 burger there's going to have to be something on defense that's going to need to change and I'm going to throw something out there that that is probably going to seem insane because the Buffalo bills to be clear are playing without Trey White are playing zone defense on literally 91% of their snaps yeah but as I look at some of the stat packages on the Kansas City Chiefs, the teams that have had success in forcing Mahomes to hold on to the ball and actually being able to get to Mahomes, he's only been sacked five times this season. Josh Allen, by comparison, has been sacked eight. Joe Burrow eighteen, right? So so these are two these are two QBs who are, regardless of any issues on the offensive line, pretty well protected. Um it's been in situations where and this is might, might be where the Chiefs miss Tyree Kill. their wideouts can't get separation on man. It takes them a while, to, or if they do, it takes them a while to get separation on man. The Raiders played a ton of man on the Chiefs, and it resulted, more often than not, in a Max Crosby sack on Patrick Mahomes. It'll be interesting to see how the secondary, especially if Poyer is healthy and is going to play, is going to approach this game. This is why you drafted Kair Elam because he is the best press man cover, cover guy on that team, and the, maybe the most athletic DB outside of Trey White on that team. There are going to be moments where the Bills are going to have to man up, and that to me are, those, to me, are going to be those moments that are going to make or break this game. We know Mahomes is comfortable throwing against our zone. He's proven that. But will the Bills roll out man coverage more, and will it be as effective against the Chiefs as the man coverage packages that the Raiders were rolling out there.
0: And that's a, that's a great observation. And I I noticed that as well of, you know, the bills are a zone, zone most and zone first defense. And, but the chiefs no longer have somebody who can just torch a man on man assignment, right? Their guys are possession receivers at this point. And Kelsey is not going to burn anyone. You know, he'll, he'll catch a scene ball and house it but it's only when there's blown coverage. He's never going to do that just out of pure speed and athleticism. Um, and and as an example, um, Mahomes is doing something that we haven't seen him have to do, and he's, he seems to get less impatient than he used to with this, which is he has to take the tiny check down and over-the-middle stuff and the little like three- and five-yard completions the whole way down the field just to get them in position to score. And when they get in the red zone, they've been excellent. They're at 86% yeah. or something in, in scoring touchdowns in the red zone. And so that's going to be, you know, one of those strength-on-strength strength moments because the Bills are very good at stopping red zone touchdowns. But um, my nephew, uh, Josh, sent this to me. that did, did you see the chart of all of Mahomes' TDs versus all of Josh's TDs? I did. I the did length, see that, The yeah. length of them? Yeah, so, like, I'll just run. Mahomes has TDs from 9 yards, 3 yards, 4 yards, 1 yard out, 2 yards out, 9 yards out, 3 yards, 2 yards, 1 yard, 4 yard, 8 yards, 1 yard. And then his longest are 10, 16, and 41. Mm-hmm. So he's got a bunch of TDs. They're all like down inside the 10-yard line. Yeah. All of them but three are inside the 10. Josh Allen, he has touchdowns of 4, 7, 11, 2, 8, 4, 14. And that's, that's the end of the list of TDs he has that are, that are close then he's got 26 53 46 98 62 15 and 24. Mm-hmm. So he is striking that deep middle and the the Bills are the absolute best short right and deep middle passing offense in the league and specifically deep middle. Josh has been absolutely lethal. If he's clean and the the route opens, he's going to hit it and that's something that I mean even last year we talked like where is the deep ball? Where is the deep? for the first half of the season it was like where's where's those hole shots that Josh Allen was making in 2020 they're back and they're, they're pretty, you know, they're savage. Yeah. So it's really, it's a different kind of offense than we've seen Mahomes and Kansas city bring to bear before. And I think it's augmented a little bit on offense for the chiefs in that they have a pretty solid, you know, three headed, you know, rushing attack, which worries me a little bit. The bills have been very, very excellent. They've seemed to have shore up their offensive rushing, you know, um, or their defensive rushing, Uh, efforts. However, they have not faced an offensive line as good as the Chiefs. right? So this is going to be, from a pass rush standpoint and a stopping the run standpoint, it's going to be a challenge to slow down or stop that that run game the entire entire day without it popping one off. The thing that I don't understand, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me, um, is why the Chiefs tend to lean into using Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and um you know they like use CH ceh cuz he's a high draft pick when the better rusher is Isaiah Pacheco that dude looks dangerous yeah he's a rookie and he is just he anytime he touches the ball i'm worried for mm-hmm. the bills um where ceh sort of i can see him being shut down he reminds me a lot of devin singletary he's mm-hmm. good he's solid he's dependable but he's not the kind of player that just can blow one wide open and that's isaiah pacheco to me
1: Yeah, well, there's a reason they're keeping Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the role that he is. Their best pure rusher is Pacheco, 100%, no doubt. Um, And the only real weak spot on that offensive line, I've called the Chiefs' offensive line the best in the league, and I'll stand behind that. Their only real weak spot is at right tackle with Andrew Wiley. But this is a perfect segue um, or a perfect connected, some connected points to your, your point about their red zone efficiency. Everybody made, and I think rightfully so, a big deal about Kelsey getting those four TDs against Las Vegas. Their real red zone weapon has been Clyde Edwards-Hilaire catching balls out of the backfield. So he's got seven total TDs through five games, right? Two are rushing, five are receiving. He had two receiving touchdowns in the opener alone against Arizona. That is a pure rusher. He has not developed into what they want him to. But we also know that Andy Reid looks at the the screen and pass game as an extension yeah. of the run game. The average the average the average point that uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire is receiving the ball past the line of scrimmage is negative seven yards, according to ProFootballReference.com. Yeah, that's they're amazing. Just, they're just yes. basically leaking him out just behind the line of scrimmage and then they're letting him make a play from the backfield in the passing game and it's been supremely effective for them and that is something on defense especially with the quality of this this offensive line um and some of the big physical guys that kansas city brings to bear as far as blocking wide receivers that little screen to clyde edwards hilera that little leak in the red zone I don't know that the bills have a really great counter for that because yeah, yeah, these wide receivers aren't fast, but they're all like bodybuilders and they block the hell out of a lot of these screen routes in the red zone. So that to me feels like a vulnerability for this bill's defense.
0: Yeah. And I think, I think you're right there that that's going to be a challenge. Um, and I, I, the thing that's so interesting is like, as you're talking about the way that they use cloud Cl- Edwards his down in the, the close, you know, close red zone, Um, I'm just thinking of like, I think it was red versus blue, the like halo, uh, you know, such a solid
1: reference you're about to make, please continue. (laughs) I love where you're going um, with this,
0: you know, and somebody, some in the, in the, you know, in one of the sessions, you know, episodes or whatever, the guy's like, he's camping around the corner and, um, somebody's like, damn you camper. And he just shouts, it's a legitimate strategy. And that's what I believe the Chiefs are doing with the Clyde Ed- Edwards-Hilaire leak, is the fact that his average depth of target is negative yards, is like they've found another one of those things. And this is, leave it to Andy Reid, he always does this. He finds that thing that like nobody's really good at defending, and then he just uses the shit out of it until people are like, ah, this is, I hate this. Andy Reid you know? is going to coach
1: until he's yeah. 100 because he does shit like yeah. this.
0: Yes. And I could just see him being like, it's a legitimate strategy.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean, yeah, I think the Bills' offense is going to put up a 40-burger, but the, chi- the Chiefs, if we can't get to Mahomes, if we can't man up, if, we'll, if we play a bend but don't break, kind of like what we did against Pittsburgh, it, I think it's going to be more problematic in the red zone for the Bills than, than they are comfortable to admit defensively right now.
0: So I have two things I want to say about the matchup. Uh, and then if you want to, we, we can move on to predictions and, and props and stuff. Hell yeah. Prediction's um,
1: sure to go wrong.
0: The two things I want to say about matchups is that everybody should pay attention to Matt Milano. I've talked about him for weeks now. as like He's just having this all-pro season. He's the first absolute number one ranked PFF linebacker in the entire league right now, based on his overall defense, his pass coverage, his run fitting, He is the best linebacker in the league, and he's been playing like it, and he will be the difference, if there is a difference to be made, against Kelsey in this game. And so if they can slow down Travis Kelsey, it's Matt Milano. Mark my words. And then the other piece that I want to mention is that we keep talking about, like, you know, is there going to be a moment where we see uh, James Cooks go off in a game? And I wonder about this game with the slow, you know, the secondary so preoccupied with the passing weapons on the outside, with the linebackers being kind of, you know, one of them being slow and the other one being a decent but not outstanding um, pass, you know, defender. I think we could see James Cooks in the, in the receiving game get a little bit more looks, and it could be outstanding. So those are my two kind of final thoughts on, on this game is players to key on is Matt Milano and what he does. Um, in defending the pass, and then James Cooks and what he can do in receiving the pass.
1: Absolutely. Before we move on to predictions, I'll just add one more thing. Um, Allen and Mahomes, they are very special talents, and they are playing QB at a level that... uh, Listen, you know I'm a fan of Lamar Jackson, and I think when Lamar turns it on, he's an amazing QB. There are not another two guys in the league. There's not another guy, period that can touch the level of quality, the level of efficacy, and the level of of just pure ferocity and creativity from the QB position that Allen and Mahomes are bringing to bear. I, I want the Buffalo Bills to absolutely smoke the Kansas City Chiefs, but as a football fan, I feel spoiled that on a yeah. Sunday at 425 p.m., I'm going to get to watch these two, like, freaking aliens play a position but, right yeah. maybe better than anybody has played the position from a from a talent and physicality standpoint so i'm i'm looking forward just to watching these two dudes work even though i hope uh, mahomes has a has a slightly worse day at the office
0: <laughs> i mean yeah i of course it's always stressful in the moment to watch a close game and i'm not wishing for that i'm wishing for the buffalo bills to boat race the shit out of the chiefs and embarrass them at home but um i will say that it it I can see how people would appreciate seeing the alternative, which would be a close shootout game where we, you know, the over/under dies and it's it's over because it's right now it's what fifty four like points. Like fifty
1: four, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's high. Yeah,
0: the live over/under is fifty four points. So, um, yeah, if they, if they hit the over, holy crap! Um, but I'm still betting under on this one because it's won every every week this season for the Bills defense.
1: Yeah, I, I I'm gonna take the over for this game because um I gotta all be right, right once, all right? Yeah. But yeah. No, that, that's a good point to move on to project predictions. So, um, let's start with the over under. Over under is 54. You're gonna take the under, and I think your final score. Yeah. yeah, I think your final score. Will tell us a little bit about why. Um, I'm gonna take the over, right? Yes. Because if the if the Bills score 40, I. It, and it's a blowout like you want, and the Chiefs score like 14, and they're going to yeah. push, right? And I, I think the Chiefs are going to put up, just because of their red zone efficacy, uh, a little bit more than 14. Um, so, I, so I'm, I'm taking I'm the over.
0: Th- yeah, I'm going to say 34-17 Bills. Interesting. Yep.
1: Interesting. Um, Which would
0: put them at just under. Just, just under.
1: V- yeah. Vegas Betters hate you. They hate you yeah. for this. They will hate yeah. you if the score comes true. Um, you know, I, I'm going to stick to what I said. I'm going to go Bills, 42, and I'm going to go Chiefs, 28.
0: Ooh, that, that would be a fun game to watch. That
1: would uh, They'd be slinging yeah. it. They'd be slinging it. Yeah. And, you know, the Bills, they... they I want to see them correct their first-half issues against a good team. Like, if, if, this, if this game is 17-14 at halftime, there's no way the Bills are going to get to 42. You know what I mean? Yep. So I want to see if they can come out of the gates against a quality opponent like they did against Pittsburgh. So, I'm going to and and this is the case with most football games, but we'll know within the first 5 minutes what kind of first half the Bills are going to have and as a result, what type of game they might have as well. Um yeah. so yeah, I'm I'm going to go 42-28 Bills win, but I I think we're going to get it again. It just is a football, is a Bills fan, I want Bills to win no matter what. Is a football fan, I am looking forward to watching these two guys play on Sunday.
0: All right, so moving on to some props. Um, I think James Cook actually ends up doing some cooking and gets uh, more than a half receiving TD. I think he gets one, Dan. Dan no, no, James what? Cook gets a receiving <laughs> TD. Um, James Cook, and I think
1: I'm just I'm disappointed you've waited seven <laughs> pods to roll that out. Like where where's that one, Ben? <laughs> That's I'm sorry. Old. I'm, it,
0: yeah, so, you know... Well, because I was too busy shit-talking him for for the first four <laughs> you seasons. Because season. I was like, what is he doing, Rook? Get, a, get, a, get your shit together. And finally, he looks good. So, um, yeah, I think James Cook uh, receiving TD in this one. Um, and I think that uh, Von Miller uh, tops one and a half sacks. I think that, you know, the narrative going into the season, and especially when they signed Von Miller, was, okay, now it's time for Von Miller, a closer on defense, and... Um, you know, Greg Rousseau, Boogie Basham, AJ Epineza, all these, you know, high value, um, investments into the defensive end position need to yield some pressure and, and finishing pressure on Patrick Mahomes. And so if my presumption that the Bills are going to get out in front and keep it, stay out in front for this game is true, that means Mahomes is going to make a lot of dropbacks. And that means there's going to be a lot of opportunities. And so, Um, We'll see if that that narrative holds true that Von Miller is the the finisher that we've been looking for
1: I agree. I mean this is this is the game you signed Von Miller for You watched your pass rush haplessly last year in the postseason Get ever so close to Patrick Mahomes, but ultimately not bring him down or really even phase him at all This is why you signed Von Miller Um, I am really looking forward to watching Miller and Rousseau rotate on Andrew Wiley uh, Max Crosby was eating that dude's lunch on that Monday night game, and again, that is the one weak link in pass protection that this otherwise stout offensive line brings to bear. I, yeah, man. I, I'm, I, 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 this should this should be a two sack game for Von Miller. This is why you pay this dude this money. So yeah, I'm with you on that over. And um, yeah, I, I, oh, I don't I don't know if it's gonna be a receiving TD for Cook. Um, but I think he's going to nab another one. There's something to me that I want to add in here with James Cook, and I don't know why, but I'm feeling over under 74 and a half yards rushing for Cook. Okay. Um, yeah. and, and I'm I'm gonna go I'm gonna go the over. I, I think Allen's going to be slinging it. I think the QB play is going to be amazing in this game. But I think at the end of the day, as you talk about closing, there is going to be a point where the Bills are just going to need to chew up clock if if they if they have the lead we think they're going to have. And they're going to need a guy like Miller to close on the defensive side of the ball, but they're going to need a guy like Cook to close on the offensive side of the ball too. We have not yet seen the Bills in that situation where they need to rely on the rushing game to to take the air out of the ball. Um, it would be great to see them be able to do that. So And I think Cook could be the guy that gets you there. So I'm going to go... I'm gonna go over. on the, I'm gonna say exactly 75 yards rushing for for uh, Cook. Okay.
0: So I. Um. That's a cool take. I like it. I disagree wholeheartedly. Uh, because <laughs> you, I feel like you that, set me up yeah. for
1: agreement and then you took it away.
0: <laughs> yeah. Snatched it away from the jaws of victory. Um. Yeah. No. I. I'm gonna disagree wholeheartedly. I think that James Cook has. Uh, I think he has more of a presence in the in the receiving game. I think he probably is in the 30 to 50 range in rushing yards, maybe. Um, but more likely, especially if it's a situation, and given the fact that he's turned it over and dropped some passes and things like that, um, if given a situation where they really need to depend on somebody to close out a game and and in-shoot clock, I think that person's going to be Devin Singletary, Um, just because Mm -hmm. the trust factor is so important. So I I feel like in that scenario you've created, um, if I'm Sean McDermott, I might put Devin Singletary in. If I'm JJ or Dan, I'd probably put Cook in. Because, you know, you want you, you definitely understand he's more explosive. Yes. There's more of a chance he's going to break one. Um, but I know that that's, you know, the, the coaches in this team are way more about what have you proven to me, what have you earned. And yeah. so I think maybe Singletary gets those touches.
1: Yeah, you might, be, you might be right. We'll see. We'll see where we end up with this thing. Um, but, yeah, man, I, I feel good about I, the predictions. How, I feel good about the props. You want to throw another I've one got in there?
0: A, I've got one more prop.
1: Okay, do it. Um,
0: somebody... At some, like, some sportscaster, or media person, some, you know, package on the CBS broadcast, about the 13 seconds, runs more than once. Yeah, Like, they, oh. they, somebody mentions it, or it runs, they're definitely going to do a preview, kind of, like, lead into the game, where they show it. Oh, for but sure. But I want, like, it's going to come up more often than just that, like, one touch Absolutely. it's going to come up multiple times because well, it was so
1: yeah i mean if the if the bills are winning the game i think we got romo again on the broadcast um mm-hmm. if the bills are winning the game in the way that we think they will they're going to ask the question multiple times does this erase the the memory of 13 seconds and yes. blah blah it's going to come up in the pregame, the post-game their cbs is literally billing this as the rematch to the greatest game ever played <laughs> right? right so right. it's good they're gonna make it a thing you're absolutely right i mean sh- shit, man put the over under at 11 and a half and i'll take it at 50 <laughs> right i mean yeah oh, wow, it's yeah. gonna come up
0: more than 20 times <laughs> i'll it's take put i will it our notes i
1: will absolutely take the over on that <laughs> buffalo rum <laughs> is it buffalo rumblings that does the bingo cards for each game we should yes. get. we should get them to put that on the bingo cards 13 seconds yeah. comes up more than 20 times during right. the broadcast no doubt, I, the chiefs are it's probably gonna be a halftime show right like i mean it's gonna be a thing yeah.
0: They're just gonna replay the fourth quarter. That's at, a, at halftime.
1: Yeah, we, no, no ban, guys. We're just gonna play this on the jumbotron. Hope you're cool with it. Yeah, yeah, for I sure. Hope you're cool. Yeah. So, no, I, 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 will say twenty times over, and I'm going to actively keep count of that.
0: All right. Yeah. we'll we'll have to get that live in the text chain. Um, one more thing that I think is worth bringing up um, on the pod, and we should be all taking note of and keeping track of this season as we go along currently and presently uh buffalo bills quarterback josh allen is the um he is at he's ranked fifth in the most um most total touchdowns in the first five seasons of a career Um, that record is an nfl record set by dan marino with 171 tds between 1983 and 1987 josh allen has 150 today he has 22 to go with 12 regular seasons left this year in order to break that record and be the NFL single sole um, holder of kind of an, you know, it's a silly stat, but it's really cool, right? Like to, to beat Dan Marino in something in the NFL record books is cool. And I'm going to be tracking this. So we have 22 touchdowns. Josh Allen needs to just get 22 more in the regular season to be the sole holder of the NFL record for first uh, most touchdowns in the first five years of his career.
1: Yeah, I don't think that's silly at all. Dan Marino. I, Dan I think freaking Marino. It, people forget how good Dan Marino was because he never won a ring. Yeah. Dan right. Marino, more talented QB than Tom Brady, more talented QB than Aaron Rodgers. No, these are not hot takes. These are simply facts. That dude was one of the best, most talented QBs to ever, sling the pigskin um so if you can you can do something better than dan marino could do at any point in his career it is noteworthy
0: well and i mean and that all came up the reason i noted it was because he passed peyton manning on that list that Um,
1: do you have that full list i mean it's probably all freaking hall of famers like
0: yeah yeah it's it's literally it's uh it's peyton manning um dan marino pat mahomes and like one other person uh, who's slipping my mind right now but um yeah steve, i mean it's, it's not steve young
1: right steve young's not on there
0: no um
1: it wouldn't be elway i'll find it yeah, yeah. i'll find
0: i'll find it most passing no that's most passing yards. so uh, yeah i'll find cam newton but, uh,
1: no it's not cam newton either yeah, we'll see.. This we'll is figure, great. We'll, this is great radio. I, I know this is great. Hey, well, you guys want to listen to us Google shit? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. perfect so podcasting. Listen, <laughs> listen to my keyboard going. That's well, like, right. Damn, I find this, this yeah. thing. We'll find just, that. I, we'll find that out. We'll throw it in the show notes. Oh no, yeah. I got it. It's Dan. Oh, yeah.
0: Mar- no, it's it's Dan Marino, Cam Newton, Pat Mahomes, mm. Josh Allen, and, and then Peyton Manning. Oh so, wow.
1: Okay. So yeah. Yeah,
0: Cam Newton only has 160. Pat Mahomes has 159. Um, and of course, both of their first five years are over. So they're the the top of the mm-hmm. list ahead of Josh Allen is static. He's the only one who can gain on anyone at this point. Yeah. So yeah, that's Dan great. Dan Marino, hey. Cam Newton, Patrick Mahomes, and then Josh Allen, then Peyton Manning.
1: Awesome. That is awesome. Man, freaking Mahomes and Allen. How how lucky are we to be alive yeah. at this time in our lives? Like I know, seriously, I know. I know. <laughs> it's freaking incredible. Yes. Also, freaking incredible, my friend. Was this pod? As always, it was good potting with you um for those of you who are for whatever reason still listening after our, our google search <laughs> <laughs> like share and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts google apple and spotify and as always go bills go bills yeah,
0: anyone still still here has got the easter eggs <laughs>